Well, tonight we're going to catch up on, uh, we've been on this series, The Believer's Authority. We're going to finish this series at some point, maybe by December. But the speed that we finish is not important. It's that we get it before we move on. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we hear messages and we move on and people ain't got it yet. They ain't operating in it yet. This is something y'all need to operate in. We all need to operate in it. This is for the believers. Are we believers in here? Yes. Amen. Amen. I think all of us would confess Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. That makes us a believer. Well, if we're believers, there's things that Jesus Christ died to give us through his death, burial, and resurrection. We have a spiritual inheritance. And part of our inheritance is the authority that Christ has given us as we walk on this earth to walk in authority, in spiritual authority and begin to rule and reign and when the enemy comes to attack us, instead of us bowing our head and tucking our head and and wallowing around in poor, pitiful me attitude, we, we walk in our authority and we come out with victories. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Walking in authority is a it's something that is part of spiritual growth. When I first got saved, I didn't know anything about walking in spiritual authority. But as I grew and began to read the Bible and the Holy Spirit began to reveal things to me and show me things, and I also learned from other uh, men of God that were in the ministry for many, 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 many years that were well-seasoned, I learned and I gleaned from them. Uh, that's part of Jesus said in Ephesians chapter 4 that he gave gifts unto men. He gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Well, you can learn from these men of God. They have an anointing and each, each office has a different anointing. But uh, I'm glad that I caught on to this because really uh, the Bible became alive to me when I began to see it and then by faith receive it and by faith begin to pray for people and use authority. That might take some getting used to used to for some of y'all is using your authority. That you may never have prayed that way and you may feel like, well, I just just feel like I'm supposed to just keep asking and keep asking and and a lot of times if we ain't careful, we've been taught to, to beg and beg and beg. When it gives God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit great pleasure for us, the church, to rise up in the authority of the believer and begin to have dominion once again. We all do realize that when God created Adam, he gave him dominion. Do y'all remember that in, in Genesis? He gave him dominion. He said, let us create, create man in our image and in our likeness and that he might have, that he would have dominion over the fish of the sea, every creeping thing, every, every flying thing. He gave him dominion over the earth. He gave him dominion. But Adam lost that dominion when he fell into sin. He lost that dominion. He lost that authority that had been given to him. A lot of people call it high treason. He created high treason. 
And the authority went from Adam to our enemy. Can you believe that? That's what the Word said, not what Pastor Carver said. The Bible said that in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that Satan is the God, little g, of this world. He's the God of this world. He had been given that authority through Adam, through the fall of Adam. But the good news is, the good news is that it, it didn't stay that way. That's right. Everybody in the Old Testament didn't have what we got. Thank God for the new covenant. Yes, Thank God that Jesus came and he gave us a new covenant based on better promises. Hallelujah. We have a new covenant. I always tell people that are, are beginners in, in, the, in the faith, whenever you're going to start reading the Bible, start reading in the New Testament. There's a reason for that. Because you're not living under the Old Testament no more. Come on. Amen. We're not living under the law no more. If you're living under the law, you've got to follow the law. And ain't what nobody in over 4,000 years able to follow the law. That's why Jesus came. That's right. Because nobody could follow the law. That's right. They had 10 commandments. All they had to do was follow. And couldn't nobody follow. But they were only a tutor. They were given to man so that man would know he could not, he, he couldn't save himself. He was a sinner. And by breaking the law, they realized they were sinners. They, all, they had to offer sacrifice every year to atone for their sins. But thank God, the good news is, our Savior came. Amen. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. That's right. He came to restore uh, everything that Adam, the first Adam lost, that last Adam regained again. Mm -hmm. Through his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, everything that Adam lost was restored. It was not restored to the world. It was restored to the church. The church is a powerful, powerful organization, if you want to call it. It's a living organization. It's a body. It's made up of different members, but it is the most powerful, I don't know how to put it in words, uh, in the universe, the church. But here's the thing. Most of the church does not realize what all Jesus Christ has died and rose again to give them and to make them. You are anointed. The Bible says you are royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a living stone. Praise God. All these things we are, but we don't act like it. A lot of us don't act like it. We ought to be the, be the most joyful people on the planet. But we don't act like it. We don't act like, like it because we don't know what we got. That's right. Amen. We ought to be the most peaceful, peaceful people on the planet because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Amen. We ought to be able to maintain the peace that he gave us. But we don't act like it because... We really don't understand what we got. I'm trying to bring it to our attention. What the Word of God says, what we got. And what we got 
is in him, in Christ. Have you ever read the book of Ephesians, chapter 1? It goes, in him, 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 in him. It is what you have is in him. Amen? So once you get born again, you become in him. He is in you, and you are in him. Amen? Amen. He's the vine, you're the branches. If you stay hooked up to the vine, you can bear fruit. You, if you sever yourself from the vine, get disconnected from the vine, the Bible says you can't do nothing. Amen? Amen. But as long as you stay hooked up to the vine, hallelujah, there is an anointing for you. There's a blessing for you. And you can be a blessing in this earth if you walk in the authority of the believer. Because why? You can set people free. You can help people be free. You can bring people to the truth if you know the truth. Amen? Amen. That's what we left here for. We went get saved and go automatically to heaven. Amen? Right. We're going to make heaven one day, but until we make heaven, we got to live victoriously down here. And we got to get somebody, take somebody to heaven with us. Amen? Amen? Like Sister Louise, praise God. At her Bible study, at the assistant living home, she's still working for the king. She ain't saying, I'm too old to do anything. I can't do anything. No, she's having a Bible study down there. And guess what? She got somebody saved down there. That would have ended up in hell if they hadn't had a Bible study. Amen? Where, where they are, they decided they would bring Jesus to where they are. That's what we got to do. We got to take Jesus wherever we are. Amen. Amen. We don't have to have a, a one day Saturday go out and knock on door meeting. Every time you leave the house, you should be looking. Maybe I can win somebody today. Maybe Jesus will bring somebody across my path today. Amen. Maybe somebody needs a prayer today. And they and when I ask them how they're doing, they tell me they ain't doing too good. And when they tell me they ain't, they ain't doing too good, before it's all over, I'm going to say, can I pray for you? And before when you pray it, the Holy Ghost is moving. Amen? Amen. And then next thing you know, you don't want somebody in the parking lot at Ingalls. How did that happen? Because you let Jesus come right on in to the parking lot at Ingalls. Hallelujah. It's so easy, but we've made it so hard. If we'll just come out of our shell, we'll see people come to Jesus on a regular basis. If we'll just come out of our shell and just realize who we are in Him. I'm in Him. Are you in Him? Amen. Amen. Well, if you're in Him, hallelujah, you have a, a, have a spiritual authority. Tonight, uh, we want to talk about the believer's authority. And I said last week, chapter 4. This is actually chapter 3. So we're going to go with chapter 3 tonight. And y'all get chapter 4 next week. That was the chapter was on before you left. 3. Was, it was? Well, we didn't cover it good enough. Okay, that's fine. Tonight we're going to cover it real good. Well, I need a refresher course anyway. Yeah, amen. Because I, I ain't read my book since you've been gone. Y'all, listen. That book I gave y'all. If you're going to take your spiritual growth serious, you got to keep up with your book, just like you would if you was at college. They give you a book, you lose your book. Whose problem is that? It ain't the professors. The professor don't even care if you come to class in college. But you've got to pass the exam. 
whether you come to class or whether you got the book, don't matter. At the end, of the, at, at the end, if you don't pass the course, you got to retake it. If you want to get the diploma in that area, Amen. Amen. We got to take these things like our spiritual growth seriously. These books. If you took that book and you don't know where that book is, you're not going to grow. It's an assignment. So take it seriously if you want to grow. If you want to do this, you got to take it seriously. Read the book. We're on chapter 3. Next week we'll be on chapter 4, by the grace of God. But tonight, let's talk about the believer's authority, and we're going to talk about being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we're going to start with this verse right here. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to quote this to you. But I want y'all to get familiar with your Bibles. I want you to take notes. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus spoke unto his disciples. And he said to them, All authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth. Jesus said that. He said, All authority. That don't leave none for the devil. We need to realize that. We don't need to give the devil, act like the devil's got all this power and all this authority to rule and reign over us. Don't be mistaken to think the devil don't have no power. That would be foolish. Because the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, starting in verse 10 through 18, the Bible said, we fight not against flesh and blood. Y'all remember that? But against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God. It talks about putting on the whole armor of God. I know how to do it. You should know how to do it by now. How to put on the whole armor of God. And putting on the whole armor of God is not just quoting something. I used to think it was. I used to go through... I'm okay, okay, I'm gonna put on the whole armor of God today. I'm gonna gird my loins. This is how I, I get dressed. When I put on my belt, I have to put it in every belt loop, right? I put on the lower belt of truth. I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I put on the helmet of salvation. I take out the sword of the spirit, which is the written word of God, and I pick up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. That's putting on the whole armor of God. Now I used to think, well, I got it on. I just put it on. But that ain't how it is. How it is, is knowing the revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus is putting on the full armor of God. When you know you are righteous, that's when the blessed prayer of righteousness is on. When you know you got to operate by truth and the word of God is the truth. You got to have it on. You got to operate in it. You got to apply it. You got to know Jesus Christ gave me peace. I shod my feet with the preparation of God's feet. Jesus gave that to me. I don't have nothing if I ain't in Christ. So put, putting on the full armor of God is more than just going through. Uh, okay, I got on the, the helmet today. Well, what if you got up and forgot to put the helmet on? Would you be in trouble? No, not as long as you were in Christ. And you have the revelation of 
the full armor of God is who I am in him. That makes me fully ready for the enemy. And carrying this. And carrying that. that. Carrying that is putting on the alarm bells. Living it. Having it in you. Amen. Amen. Knowing that. Knowing the word of God. That's where everything starts with you. Know, the first thing you put on is the alarm bell. The alarm bell. The alarm bell holds everything in place. Your, your righteousness. Your, your, your feet are shot with a prayer. Everything is hooked together to the alarm bell on a Roman soldier's uh what you call it? Uniform. Uniform. Yeah. It's all hooked together. Yeah. I could do a teaching on that. I've done it before. Uh, but anyhow, being the believer's authority, you will never be able to accept this by operating in your intellect. That means try to figure it out with your mind. Hey, I, I know these people in here, when I'm teaching this, they still... They looking at me going like this, but on the inside they going like that. <laughs> I'm looking at them like, oh my goodness, they struggling with this. They struggling with this. They ain't sure they ain't got can do this. You cannot get this by intellect. You got to get this like Peter, when Jesus said, "Who do men say that I am?" And then, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter got a revelation. It didn't come from his intellect. It came from revelation. And Jesus said, uh, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. The revelation. You've got to get a revelation of the believer's authority to walk in it. It will never come to you if, you want, if you're just trying to figure it out with your mind, your intellect. Oh, how can I do this? That don't, don't sound right. That sounds like that's putting too, many, too much uh, emphasis on me and taking too much off of Jesus. It ain't taking too much off of Jesus. That's what Jesus wants you to act like. Amen? He don't want us walking around begging all the time. I don't know why we, we got that attitude in the church that we ought to be begging God all the time. There's nothing wrong with humbly coming before God. But there's times when you're under a spiritual attack, you have to take authority. Everything you don't take authority over. Amen? Amen. You don't take authority over, just like, just say for instance, if there's a... If you're single and there's a woman comes into the church and she, she's uh, something that you be interested in, you don't say, in the name of Jesus, she's going to be my wife. <laughs> no, you don't have that authority. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But if you come under attack, if the enemy comes after you and attacks your spirit, your body, your mind, if fear tries to come on you, uh, if depression tries to come on you, you're under a spiritual attack. You don't look up to the Father and, and, and begin to beg God, oh God, would you please take this depression off of me? Oh God, would you please uh, 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 take this fear from me? God wants you to say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit of fear and I command it to go. That's how you operate in authority under a spiritual attack. But you don't tell, you don't, you don't command everything to come to you. You don't have that authority. But you do have authority over your life. But you don't have authority over everybody else's life. Amen? Amen. I gave the illustration one time that in my home, everyone in here has a different home, right? In your home, you have authority. 
in my home, I have authority. That's called spiritual boundaries. Okay? Y'all with me? But I can't come to Vince's house, and I can't go to Mike's house, I don't go to Bart's house, and walk in there and start rearranging furniture without asking him. That would be wrong. Amen? Y'all would, would be thinking, who told you you could do that? I know you're the pastor of my church, but why in the world are you taking the TV off the wall and putting it over there and doing this over here and over there? I liked it the way it was. Who gave you that authority? I don't have that authority unless the ruler of the house gives me that authority. But in my house, I don't have to ask nobody but Sophie. <laughs> but Sophie. And you better ask her. <laughs> My goodness. But y'all understand, I'm trying to give you an example of how you can use your authority. You just don't go in, I don't go to another pastor's church because I'm a pastor and walk in there and start rolling and raining. When I walk into another person's church, when you understand how authority works, you, 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 you understand, hey, I just walked into another man's authority when you understand authority. And when I walk into another person's church, I tell the pastor, I'm here to serve you. What do you want me to do? I'm not here to destroy your church. I'm here to help your church. What do I do for you? How can I help you? See, I'm understanding, I'm under his authority now. That's how authority works. That's right. You just don't walk in somebody else's house and start, start, I'm in authority here. No, that's wrong. That's abusing authority. Yeah. So anyhow, you've got to catch this by revelation. Some of y'all that ain't never been taught this, you're going to have to have the revelation. You ain't going to figure this out. Amen. And the hardest thing to, heart to do sometimes when we've been in religious circles for a long time and ain't never dealt with this before is getting through it, getting past it, because we ain't never been taught it. It's like, Wow, that's weird, that's weird, that's way, I ain't never heard such a thing. Let's follow the scriptures. When I get off the scriptures, then you stop. But if you if you have a problem with it, make sure you've got scripture to back it up. Okay? Everything i got is going to be backed up with scripture, but you'll never be able to get to walk in the believer's authority unless you get the revelation of the Holy Spirit on how to do it. And But the Holy Spirit's inside of every one of us to show each and every one of us how to do this. We, we just gotta have faith to do it. It takes faith to receive it. Okay, so Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, I got all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. That don't leave none for the enemy. Jesus has it all. In Ephesians chapter one, verse 18 through 23. Ephesians one, chapter one, verse 18. Remember, that's the one that has the prayer in it. I hope y'all been praying that prayer. If you'll continue to pray that prayer and not take it as a joke or take it lightly, let me say. Don't take it lightly. When I tell you to do something, if you'll do it, it'll work for you. If you don't do it, I can't help you. I don't even know why I'm here. Ephesians 1 said, Lord, may you give unto us the spirit of wisdom. That's what I pray for this church. I pray for myself. May you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There's that word revelation. That means to have light, to be able to see it. It ain't covered no more. It's open for me to see. It ain't hidden. 
Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, Jesus Christ. And may the eyes, my eyes, your eyes, be opened. May you open the eyes of my understanding. This is what you got to have. Your eyes have got to be open to walk in this. The devil don't want you to see it, that's for sure. Do you think the devil wants you to walk in authority? No. He don't want you to know nothing about it. Because if you walk in authority, he's got to submit. He's got to do like Luke 10, 19. Anybody know what that says? Been preaching off of for six, seven weeks now. Anybody know what that says? Behold, I give unto you power to tread on the serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Alright. I want that in here. It would bless me beyond measure if I said that and y'all didn't even look down at your Bible and all y'all quoted that. That would just bless me. You gotta get in here, y'all. It's gotta come out because you're gonna be under attack one day and you ain't gonna have the King James Version with you. You ain't gonna have your Bible on you. The devil gonna catch you. And then whenever you have to cast the devil out of something, the devil gonna say, Well, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but sometimes when you're casting out devil, devils will talk to you. They did it Jesus' day. They said, Did you come here to torment us before our time? We know who you are. Guess who's talking? The devil. Not the man. The man, the devil talking through the man. Okay? You gotta see this. So, whenever you cast out a devil, and the devil says, who gave you authority? What you gonna say? You can't say, my pastor, that don't work. <laughs> what works? It is written, is what works. Right. It is written, that's what works. If you don't know what's written, guess what? We better know. That one, he gonna win, when you don't know. Bible says, my people perish from a lack of knowledge. What you don't know, people say, what you don't know can't hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. It will destroy you. A lack of knowledge. So if, if the devil says, who gave you authority? You better come off with, man, I am ready. I am loaded. Luke 10, 19 said, Behold, I have given you authority to trample upon the serpents and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything hurt me. I know who I am in Christ. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out and loose this person right now. That's authority. Y'all see how easy that was? Guess what? If there was a devil sitting right there, guess what he would have did? He said, that devil would have said, he knows his authority. He knows what the word of God says. And guess what? That demon knows he has to flee. He has to go now. But what you don't know, you can't have faith. You got to know who you are in Christ. That's all he is doing. So, uh, verse 21 says, The exceeding greatness of his power when he raised Christ from the dead. You know, when G God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead, 
He, he used his greatest power and authority in all ever. It was greater than creating the, the wind and the waves and the, and the stars and the moon. When he brought Jesus from the dead, it was the exceeding greatness of his power. His power was maxed out when he raised Jesus from the dead. Why? Because he was fighting every devil in hell. The devil and all his enemies, demons, cohorts, whatever you want to call them, they were all trying to stop that, but could not stop it. God the Father used his greatest power when he rose Jesus from the dead. That's what Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21 says. Uh, it goes on to say that, and that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Is that what your Bible say? So in your mind, in your mind, in your spirit, you have to have the revelation of where Jesus is at today. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amen. That is his spiritual position in the heavenlies. His work is over. His work is finished. When he lived and died and rose again, he ascended after that. He, the disciples watched him go up into heaven. Well, he went up, and when he went up, hallelujah, his father gave him, because of what he did, a place right beside him. At the right hand of the father, that means the place of authority. The right hand of authority. The right, if you're at the right hand, that means you're in the place of authority. Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. In the Old Testament, whenever the Old Testament priest went into the holies of holies and shed the blood, there was not a chair in there. The Old Testament priests never were, were able to sit down after they did what they did because the work was not finished. But because what Jesus Christ did, our high priest, he went in with his own blood into the holies of holies and shed his blood once and for all. And then he went and took a seat because his job was finished and atonement was complete. Amen. Redemption was fully paid for. What we talked about Sunday morning. And he was able to sit down. The Old Testament priests were never able to take a seat. Did y'all hear that? But Jesus took a seat. Why? Because he paid it in full. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he was able to take a seat. Now, in the spirit realm, you got to see where Jesus is now. Jesus is not walking here on the earth. You know who's here on the earth? No, Holy Spirit in his place. Holy Spirit's here in his place. But also the devil's here. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus prayed to the Father, and the Father sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here. And whenever someone believes in Jesus, the Holy Spirit's not only here, but he, the Bible says, he would be in them and with them. With means here. He's with. He's with. But he's also in them. The Holy Spirit take up a residence in every believer. Holy Spirit's in here. Amen? 
Where's the Holy Spirit? He's not up there. He's not up there, way up in yonder somewhere. He's in you. Where's Jesus at? He's at the right hand of the Father. Now that's what you got to know. That's where he's at. Okay. And he's sitting in the place of authority. Remember before he left, he said, I got all authority in heaven and on earth. I got it all. <laughs> After he died and rose again, he's put in the place of authority. He's still got all authority in heaven and on earth. But what he did after he sat down to the church, he gave the church, he transferred his anointing, he delegated his authority to the church. To the church is born again believers. Amen? Not to the world. He didn't transfer his anointing to the world. The Holy Spirit don't have the world. The Bible said they don't. In John chapter 14, verse 26, said that the world cannot receive him, nor neither does it know him. But you know him, because he's with you and will be in you to the believers. I'm a believer. Are y'all believers? Are y'all getting this? Yes. Hallelujah. Y'all get this, boy, I tell y'all what, the devil, you're going to be a devil's worst nightmare if you get this. Okay. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Now, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Somebody read that for me. Who's got a Bible? All y'all got a Bible. Ephesians. I mean, Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. And I need somebody to read this one. Ephesians 2, 6. Joanne, read Ephesians 2, 6. For in him dwells at the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What's the Godhead consist of? Let me hear y'all. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the Godhead, right? The fullness of the Godhead bodily indwells Jesus. And what else does it say? And you are complete in him. And we are complete in him. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we're in him. Therefore, if we're in him, we are complete. Amen. Amen? That's what we got to see. We ain't lacking nothing. We don't need nothing else. We ain't, we ain't left here to get beat up on if, if Jesus was here, do you think he, the devil would be beating up on him? He didn't when he lived. He wouldn't be doing it today. And Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead bodily indwells Jesus. We are complete in him. We are the body. The head and the body are one. Jesus is the head of the church, the Bible says. The Bible says. And we are the body. The head and the body are one. When you look at me, is my head and my body together? When I look at you, I see the same thing. If your head was not connected to your body, that would be a problem. You wouldn't be walking out of here. Right? So, here's the, th here's the thing about walking in authority. You've got to understand who the head is 
and who the body is. Jesus is the head. We are the body. But remember, the body can't do nothing without the head, and the head can't do nothing without the body. A lot of people go around saying, well, Jesus don't need me. Jesus don't need me. That, that's a false statement. That's a false statement. Because the head and the body have to work together. And it, if I cut my head off, my, my feet ain't going nowhere. I got to have my head. My head going to give me orders. My head tells me my leg can walk to the door. I have to get that signal from here before my legs do anything. Amen? If I want to lift my hand, it has to first come from here before this hand goes there. Hand don't go up without mind moving first. Head is very important, but the head can do nothing without the body. The head can't walk to the back door without legs. You got to see the head and the body are one. They need each other. Jesus needs you in the earth, not in heaven. In heaven, you can't win nobody. They already won. People in heaven don't need you to heal them because they already healed. Who needs you? People in the earth need you. But you won't ever be used unless you know your authority. You know your authority, then you can help people. But you got to know how to execute the authority. And the first thing we do is, oh Lord, please. Jesus said, they ain't got it yet. They still, they still learning. They going to get there. And, and God is merciful. He's out, he'll hear some of them prayers. But is that the best way for, that he wants you to pray? I think he wants you to use your authority. Because that's what Peter did. That's what Paul did. That's what Philip did. That's what the people in the book of Acts did. They began to look at them, and they were uneducated people, untrained, and they looked at them and said, how can you do all these things? They said, we're doing them in Jesus' name. So, as you're sitting in heavenly places, Jesus is sitting in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, and the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, Miss Joanne, First it says, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So We're that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So it says that he has raised us up together with him sitting in heavenly places. So where Jesus is sitting there now guess who else is sitting there? We are. We are. You got to see this. In your spirit man, because that's what the word said. In the spiritual realm, you are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of authority. You're sitting with him and in him, therefore you can begin to rule and reign because you're in him. That is your place. That is your spiritual position. To walk in the believer's authority. Sophia? I was going to see if I can read that verse out of Passion. Okay, read it real loud so the camera can pick it up. It's in Ephesians 2.6. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, 
and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated and given the authority to be there as one with Christ. Amen. Good. Good. Makes it very clear. But for you to understand this, this is what you got to see in the spiritual realm. In the natural realm, your feet still here. But in the spiritual realm, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And Jesus is sitting where? At the right hand of the Father. And you're sitting in his lap. You're sitting with him in heavenly places. That's what the Bible says, y'all. That didn't come from the reader's digest. That came from the Word of God. You are sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That is your spiritual position. That's why you have the reason to rule and have dominion in the earth. And when you come under spiritual attack, you can use the authority that Christ has given you in him to use his name. You don't do it in yourself. You don't do it in the name of an organization. You don't do it in the name of the Mother Church, you do it in the name above every name, Jesus Christ. That's what you call, really, you have been given the power of authority. <laughs> yeah, anybody ever heard of uh, power of attorney? Ain't that what it's called? When somebody is ill and they can't really take care of matters anymore, they'll sign a, a piece of paper giving you the authority to make all decisions for them. They trust you to do that for their estate. But you can use, whenever you sign, it's just like they signed. So whenever you come under a, a spiritual attack, you don't come in my name, your name, or Harvest Time name. Devils don't recognize that. The name that they recognize is the name Jesus Christ. The Bible says in, in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord in three realms, on, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. All three of those, that's three different spiritual realms in heaven. On earth is another realm, and then under the earth, demonic, talking about hell. All three have to recognize and submit and bow to the one name, Jesus Christ. That's why Christianity is the real deal. Devil don't recognize Muhammad. Devil don't recognize Hindu gods. They laugh at you. I'll come to you in the name of the Hindu. Devil say, hey, well, I ain't going nowhere. I'll come to you in the name of Muhammad. Devil say, I still ain't going nowhere. Then you say, Oh, I'll fix to invoke the name of Jesus Christ. Well, if you have a relationship with him and you're born again, you can use that name. And that name will work and that demon will have to recognize that name because it is written and all heaven will back you up. Angels will back you up. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will back you up in the name above every name, Jesus Christ. Y'all getting this? Now, we didn't cover all that before. Y'all did? I wasn't here. What did you say, Ben? Curse of 
some extra. Some extra. And then, here's the, and we'll, we'll, we'll cut it, cut it. John 14, 12. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I wish all y'all knew that by heart. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, will do. The works that I do, he will do great works for I'm going to the Father. Amen. Amen. Paraphrase, anyway. Jesus said, the same works that I do, you will do also. Most people look at that and they say, that ain't possible. The only way you can do it is if you operate in the believer's authority. That's the only way you're ever going to do it. You won't do it no other way. you got to be walking in this. and you got to have a revelation of this. And then you can do John chapter 14 verse 12. And the reason John, Jesus said, and when he said this, the disciples were probably wondering how we're going to do it. And then he gave them the answer in verse 26. He said, I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. Whew! I'm going to send him to you. That's how you're going to be able to do John chapter 14, verse 12. Because the same spirit that lived in me, Jesus said, I'm going to pass it on to you. I'm going to give you the authority and the power and the anointing that was that was that I had. The Holy Spirit gave it to me. He said, and I'm going to delegate it to you, the church. The church.